Welcome to Take 10 for Mental Health. We are conversations with inspiring people about how they manage their mental health. My name is Sophia Hatsis. I am the host of the show and I get the privilege of bringing you these conversations every week. We speak to people from all walks of life, like Gotcha for Life founder Gus Wallen. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. I truly believe that vulnerability is a new way to lead. There's stuff that we do that is good. And there's stuff that we just don't know what we're doing. It's nothing wrong with being human and explaining that to the people that you love. Episodes drop on Monday, so make sure you're subscribed and you're the first to know when they're available. Today, I'm joined from a man across the ditch, Jake Henderson from Hendo's Hot Topics. How are you? Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm good, I'm good. Mate, it is so good to have you. We, just for all the listeners, um, have been back and forth a couple of times to get this sorted. So I'm really grateful that you've stuck with me um, today and you've joined. Hendo, I know that you have sort of been across a little bit about the podcast, so you might know the first question that is coming. Um, Can you tell me how you are today on a scale of one to 10? So if you were to think about sort of one being the lowest of lows and 10 being the highest of highs, whereabouts would you say you sit on that scale today? I think today I'm sitting a bit of a four. Um, recently, I've been trying to, I guess, prioritize those who I actually give proper time and energy to. Um, it's been a long time coming, really. I'm just trying to make my circle as small as I can, just so just so I can dish and get back what you know what deserves and what needs to be given because it, it does, get, does take a toll on you uh, once you start to give more uh, than you take. Um, So I think it's just really, at the moment, I'm just kind of trying to find my balance now. Yeah, I think that's a really, um, really important point. So thank you for being honest, actually, um, with that answer. I think that's a really interesting thing when you get to sort of our age that you try to think less about how many people you want to impress and really kind of narrowing in on your circle and the people who make you feel really good. Um, and we are going to get to that because I know this is a pretty fundamental part of your story in terms of your relationships with others. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about is we can hear an accent in your voice. So we know that you're a Kiwi from across the ditch. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about what life was like growing up in New Zealand for you? I think over in NZ, it's, especially as a male, it's really, you know, you've got to be a bloke from the get-go. You know, you have to be the manliest of mans because the farming culture is huge over here. You know, that's that's one of the icons you see depicted in movies and shows as you're growing up as a true Kiwi bloke who shares sheep and drives a Hilux around 24-7. I think over here, it's um, if you're a male and you're not as strong as the, the stereotype that it's uh, it's quite demeaning, you know, it, it takes a toll on you. Um, it's So as a male over here, growing up, it's it's definitely diff- more difficult than it seems across the world to, to fit in. Yeah, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the concept of fitting in because your story is an interesting one in the sense that you had a pretty um, difficult and tumultuous childhood um, and a lot of that was to do with your parents splitting up when you were really young and you sort of getting into a bit of a blame game thinking that it was your fault that your parents separated um, can you tell me about what the effect that was on you? Because you've spoken a little bit about how growing up you really internalized that it was your fault and that the reason that your parents split up was because of you. Like what kind of impact would that have on you and, and your perception of yourself growing up? Um, I mean, to be honest, it still takes a toll to this very day Is it because it came a bit of a habit of just always thinking that. And when I was, especially when I was younger, I always felt that whether it was going to my mother or father's house that I'd wasn't really welcome there as well as I thought because you know being being four 
in your whole life, there's always a conflict between your parents and you're, you're stuck in the middle, but you feel like you're just the median of it all. Um, you don't really feel like the, the child to your parents, if you know what I mean. Um, so the, the, with the bullying, it, it happened so much that it felt like everyday life, that it felt like if you went to get bullied, it was not normal. Um, that's how it kind of was every day. It was, you know, I knew it was going to be the same day as yesterday, but that was just everyday schooling for me. And as you probably heard my story is that it got to the point where I actually started becoming friends with my bullies because I felt like no one else would be my friends because it almost, it almost felt like whoever I went to, in some ways, they would, they would have a dig at me. Um, so back then, and even in high school, I had the same thing as, especially with my parents putting up back then, is it wasn't where the area I was, it wasn't really the normal for parents to put up. Um, so that was just an easy go for them to have at me. You know, you'd come back from summer holidays and teacher would be like, oh, what did you get up to? You know, I went, you know, went and saw my father, you know, hung with his family, went and saw my mother. And all these people would be like, oh, me and my families went over the, we went to Gold Coast, we went to America, do all these things. And you almost just sit there feeling like you're, again, not really a part of it all. Um, and that was, that was the whole way through primary and intermediate until, I started, I had a growth spurt and I started becoming not less the big kid and everyone started started to change their demeanor around me. But it, it was just everyday life. It was just everyday life. So even now when I get when I get taken the crap out of it, it's almost like it doesn't phase me because I, I I grew up with it. It definitely it definitely unleashes something subconsciously whenever I have someone has a dig at me. Um it does, depending on what it is, it does bring up some pretty dark memories because in my, in my as you heard in my story for a lot of the time when I was younger I, most of the time a lot of the, a lot of the days it was just almost I didn't want to be here kind of thing because it always happened um and what I think now for the podcast why it's so refreshing is because when I always did get bullied and I try to stick up for myself and express how I was feeling that'd just be another that'd be another target for me so mm. now when I get taken the shit out of it definitely does bring up some dark memories um especially when it's particular things but I guess it's it's to the point where it's almost like there's a reason I'm still here you know I sometimes I still still try to figure out what that reason is but there is a reason so even though it happens to this day I still just keep pushing on yeah and you've created something really beautiful out of your story um which we will get to I want to talk to more to Hendo's Hot Topics um and the people that you've interviewed um but before we do that you mentioned they're not not wanting to be here anymore and I, those thoughts from what you've said started very, very young and might be quite shocking to some people as to how young that actually started. Can you share a little bit about what that actually meant and felt like for you and what sort of rock bottom actually really looked like? Yeah. Um, so early on, I'd say five or six, um, just with everything that was going on, you know, I especially been in the mindset of comparing myself to how other kids in my age were living their lives and how much more glamorous it felt and seemed. Um, there was just no real, no real meaning that I could find as to why I was I was here. You know what I mean? And it, it was the rock bottom feeling. Just it, it, you always hear it, but I guess the best way I can explain it is just feeling a bit of emptiness, um, a bit of even the littlest things felt no enjoyment in. Um, the only really thing that kept me going really was football. Um, and even that alone, it was just going to football. And even though it was the thing that brought me joy, it didn't bring me joy at the same time from an early age. And it was just, especially because of a kid, you know, it's, you're meant to have, this meant to be the best time in your life. You can do whatever you want, not not get shit for it kind of thing. And it was just seemed 
everything wasn't going my way and everything wasn't meant for me and it just almost felt like like a mistake that I was there. Um, and it does take a toll. And for everyone out there who knows the feeling is once you start thinking about it for so long, it becomes almost a habit. Um, and it just becomes a complete cycle that every day it's the same thought, same thought. And it wasn't until about two years ago when I started this is it was still like that. Most days I was thinking about it and I actually, I didn't say this in my story, but there was one night when I was with some mates and something happened with, with my father. He, he sent me a text or something and it just pushed me over. And I actually was drinking with some mates. I was like, nah, I was like, fuck it. This is it. I'm, I'm absolutely done. It's been like 14 years of the same crap. I'm, I'm done. And I actually bolted up the driveway and I was about to hit it onto the road when there was a car coming. I didn't even see my mate. He just kind of spare tuckled me on the legs and took me down. And it was, if he didn't do that, I, I wouldn't have been here. But it got to that point where it was, taken 14 odd years of the same stuff going on and just couldn't find an escape that I just finally had enough of it. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess that's the easiest way or personal way I can explain what feeling like rock bottom is, is just not feeling even the things that are meant to bring you joy can actually bring you joy. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm really, I'm really sorry to hear that that's where it got to. And I'm sure that you're very grateful that he was there at that time to support you and I want to talk a little bit now about the years that came after that. How did you get out of that? Did you go and see a psychologist? Have you, like, how did you find your way out of that darkness? Um, and it didn't really, it wasn't really a turning point until I was in my middle years of high school and all, all my mates who were really tough and real, real manly, they actually came up to me and actually started being honest with me because they knew that I didn't care about what anyone thought because of all those years of being bullied for how open I was with how I was feeling, all that stuff. They didn't. They knew I didn't give a crap about feelings, that they knew I was really open and connected with how I felt and was real expressive. So when they came to me and told me how they were feeling, that's when I was actually like, okay, you know, there's there's a lot of things that they are saying to me that I'm actually feeling the same. Mm-hmm. So it was at that moment where I thought there's a lot of things that I was going through and I thought I was by myself where, you know, there's all these guys who seem perfect and marched on the outside and just loving life that are actually struggling as well. So I think that was the that was the proper turning point for me is actually having people who are close to me coming to me and saying a lot of things that I was going through as well. And going forward from that as well, can we talk a little bit about your podcast? Because Hendo's Hot Topics is all sort of about breaking the stigma and talking to a lot of men about exactly this kind of thing. Can you tell us where this idea came from and how it all got started? Yeah, um, so it was actually... From from those mates coming to me and actually saying how they were feeling, is that I went home and it was during lockdown and I thought that enough was enough. You know, a lot of a lot of those my mates that came to me, I told them my story and told them a bit about it and it actually seemed to really help them. Um, so that's when I thought, you know, if I can help my mates, then there must be some other people out there that I can help as well. So it was actually when lockdown started, I bought eighty dollars worth of equipment, sat at my desk, chucked my phone up on Snapchat mode, and I just started recording. Um, and the first few episodes was, you know, it was, it was tedious. You know, I got, I got a little, got a lot of crap for it. Um, saying I wasn't wanting attention and everything and all that kind of blah, blah, blah. But there were some people who actually, actually saw a deeper meaning to what I was trying to put out there. They actually felt what I was saying, they actually messaged me and agreed with what I was saying and actually thanked me. So mm-hmm. the more it's gone on, the more I reflect on it and realize how much that, 
it actually is okay to be okay and that the whole meaning of my podcast around, as you said, breaking the stigma around mental health. And I'll stick by that for so many more years to come until until I'm six feet under. And it just the amount of people who have come back and thanked me for and you've listened to the story for the story I've shared because it wasn't it wasn't until that point that people actually realized that I, I wasn't taking the piss with what I'm trying to do. I want to talk a little bit about the guests that you've had on your podcast and what you've what you've learned from them because I'm sure you learn something new from everyone. But if you could think about like a common theme or a common thread or something that you've learned about yourself or about men's mental health, like what would you say is the biggest learning that you've had since you started Hendo's Hot Topics? I think the biggest thing is that, especially men in general, is we we tend to second guess ourselves a lot. And that's that really shows and the guests I've had on like Jack Goodhue from the All Blacks or Jay Reeves, who is a radio broadcaster over here, or some up-and-coming uh, music artists I've had on, is that we all tend to second-guess ourselves. And that all comes back to this, the stereotypes that we have as men, you know, is the decision that the decision that we're going to do, like, for example, Jack Goodhue was speaking about um, when he was training one, one afternoon and he second-guessed himself, you know, if he was actually meant to be there, if, if he was performing well, if he was doing all the right things. And it's nine times out of ten we're doing – we're doing ourselves proud and we're doing we're doing what we're meant to be doing to take ourselves to that next step. But we always, like you said, when you, when you start to take 10 for men is what are other people going to think of me? You know, what what are they going to say about I'm back? And that's, I don't think just for men, for everyone as well, that's a lingering thought as if what we're doing right now is what we're meant to be doing. And that, that's what the, the pattern's been is that um, people have come on, have have strived to be better for themselves and they, they try to take that leap but then what steps back what keeps them back is second guessing themselves of what if, what are people going to say about me or how people going to perceive me and it's it seems to be the the main thing that's holding everyone back from reaching their full potential i love what you just said that's the thing that Pete, that is holding people back from their full potential it really seems to me like you've shed that a lot like do you feel like right now you're in the best place that you've been when it comes to just backing yourself and believing in yourself? I think now, to be honest, I've had a bit of a valley. Um, I was at a bit of a peak with self-respect and self-motivation a couple of months ago. But now I've, I've just let the, the, the self-doubt get the best of me the last couple of weeks. So right now I'm, I'm still trying to get back up there um, where I'd like to be. But at the moment, it is, it is definitely a, a windy road. I think the thing that's stopping me the most is letting a lot of outside energy come into the podcast, which really affects my motivation with this, which is something I really love to do. So when I let that come in and it stuffs this whole this whole pattern up, then it really takes a toll on me. And you know, it's it's all it takes is 30, 35 minutes just for your own time, just to get down and and do it to to push your push your messages and push your podcast out there. But even those 35 minutes can seem like a two-hour process, depending on what mindset you're in. So letting letting everything in the outside of the moments what's really making me stumble the most, to be honest. What are the things that you put in place now, sort of understanding that you've gone through a lot of trauma in your past? You've been relentlessly bullied, you've dealt with a lot of um family traumas um and a lot of that i'm sure has compounded and would still affect you what is it that you put in place every day to manage your own mental health and to make sure that you stay strong and resilient yeah um i do think it's i try to my best to set a task for myself um solely for the fact that it keeps me mentally distracted um 
But the, the biggest thing is trying to just overcome those everyday thoughts that I have. Because I it's still those thoughts from like five years ago that I have now that have just become an everyday thought to me that I'm trying my best to try and overcome that. Um, and to grow my mental health is just to realize what I have done when I've doubted myself. And there's been a lot of self-doubt moments and I actually try to just reconnect with myself and realize hey you've actually you've actually done this when you thought you couldn't you've done this when you told yourself you didn't like when I did a 24-hour walk for mental health charity I'm hope over here there's a lot of times where I told myself I couldn't do that and that's a big thing for me is when I'm feeling a day where I'm like you know like what the are you doing Jack you know like just get yourself together you know like you're you're being lazy right now with this stuff and I and I say actually I you know I'm hard on myself right now but look what I did six months ago you know when I said I couldn't I think a lot, a lot of people should try that is when you when you find yourself in a cycle of self-doubt each day is actually just realize what you've done in those moments when you told yourself you couldn't do it. And that will really help you realize how much more capable you are and will actually grow your your mental strength. Yeah, that's a really beautiful point. I was going to ask you a little bit about that or mention that before to you before because when you were talking a little bit about self-doubt, I was like, could you imagine when you were little – knowing that in 10, 15 years time, you would actually have a platform like this where you're speaking to all blacks and speaking to people who, you know, come on your podcast and your platform, like what an incredible achievement. And you should be really proud of that. It's crazy how much even just a little self-love you have yourself or self-belief can just change so quickly. So I, I didn't think 10 years ago, there's no way in how I thought I'd even be here because like we said, you know, I was, I was questioning if I even was still going to be be here, you know what I mean? To finish, I wanted to talk to you about gratitude and it's a question that I like to finish every episode with um, is your gratefuls. I don't know if you do this every day, but I'm curious if you could tell me what are you most grateful for today? Today I think I'm just grateful for a, you know, some clean sheets on my bed and a roof over my head. Um, I'm just really trying to find little things to be grateful for, to be honest things we take for advantage you know like having for example having having a full tank of gas in my car you know that's that can be something that can be looked over every day that a lot of people don't even get to have um but for today i think it's just having nice clean sheets in my bed on that note i think we should end that there thank you so much for joining me hendo it has been an absolute pleasure as i said i'm really enjoying seeing what you're doing in the space and um we'll be supporting you of course from here across the ditch maybe if i do get over to new zealand which i am actually quite keen to do i've never been to new zealand so when i'm over there would love to tee something up um but yes supporting you from afar and well done congratulations on everything that you're doing um and keep persevering thank you sophia thank you for having me on here and thanks team hope you have a great day Thank you for listening. Episodes drop every Monday morning and you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on your favourite podcast app. Remember to take 10 and check on the man you love today.